Welcome back to another episode, everyone. I'm Christy May, along with my beautiful co-host, Catherine Lakedu. And boy, do we have a great episode for you guys today. So excited. (laughs) See, I am too. It's our first guest. And she happens to be just an amazing powerhouse uh, that resides close to me here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we are just thrilled to have her on so we can go over all these amazing tools and strategies that you can take with you today to help grow your business in 2022. Yes, Tessa, Bella, thank you so much for joining us today. We know that you are a very busy lady, um, but you know, we for the last couple of weeks, we've been kind of diving into social media. And I, the way I ended our podcast last week is, you know what? We may not even be doing it right, everything that we're telling you. So let's bring on Tessa and, you know, really understand how social media can be done in 2022 to really move our businesses forward. So maybe you can actually just kind of give us a little bit of a a background on you and, you know, how did you get to the point where you are today? Yeah, I mean, it's a long story. First of all, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I always love the opportunity to, you know, sit down and talk. I think so much comes out of having valuable conversation and just being willing to share and open to share things that work and things that don't work. And it's so funny because I think I've now been deemed, you know, a social media guru or Instagram guru. I hear that term thrown around a lot. And I am the one that I think most of the gurus don't like because I tell everybody that there's a million ways to do it. There's no one size fits all method. Um, And it's constantly like ever evolving. That's what makes social media so fun is that we're constantly able to test and try new things. And there's lots of people that are going against, you know, the status quo and they're having great success. So Uh, I would say my story is kind of no different from that. I'll give the Cliff Notes version because it probably could take up an entire episode just talking about that journey that's brought me to this point. But um, it started back in like 2013, 2014. I had just left high school and I was diving into working 18 jobs and going to ASU and doing all the things as like a young college student. And I always had this passion for real estate. I like in the couple of hours that I wasn't working or trying to get two hours of sleep, I was watching HGTV and I was so fixated on this idea of like fix or flip properties, uh, particularly flip or flop. I was like, oh my gosh, I was so obsessed with it. So fast forward, I got into kind of that world of getting into real estate investing. I had some partners at the time and, you know, we started flipping houses down in where Chrissy's familiar Coronado historic district. And that's actually where her and I first kind of connected was around that point. And then fast forward over the next couple of years, it was transitioning more towards the traditional side of real estate building a real estate team, working in all of these different avenues. And for me, everything always came through social media. I said, okay, well, I can't be on HGTV yet, but what I can do is I can make my social media my own personal reality show. It's my corner of the internet and I can kind of document the journey. And so I made it a point to document the good, bad, and ugly of real estate investing, of real estate sales, and of kind of that journey of diving into something completely foreign. I talked about the good. I talked about the bad. I showed my personal, you know, authentic growth through all of that as well. And I think that always reigns true that being relatable and showing your authenticity online, people resonate with that. Um, So I naturally gravitated to some really amazing people, some great networks and built a large audience of people who wanted to kind of follow suit with learning some of those tools. So today I get to teach it, help other people, (laughs) all that stuff. (laughs) 
Yeah, we're excited to have you give your your little strategies and tools that fit everybody. I think that's the one thing that you mentioned is that, you know, there's something for everyone to take away and, and create their unique style and showcase their authenticity. Um, I think that's what really creates that person to stand out. Don't you believe that amongst the rest? Absolutely. I mean, I think especially when we think of real estate, right? I'm like every real estate agent to your left and to your right can do essentially some of the same functionalities. And so showing who you are, how you do it, what you do makes it even more you know, relatable. And that's really what helps cut through the noise and have your people find you. And it's a lot more fun to work with the clients that really resonate with who you are as a person uh, and also make friends and connections through that. I've made some of my dearest friends through social media, almost every hire I've ever made has come through social media because it's a great way when you show up there authentically, it's a great way to kind of cut through the noise and really gravitate towards your tribe. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I was actually out for dinner with a friend of mine last night and she's not in real estate. And we were talking about social media and I was talking about, you know, attracting people and, and, you know, this kind of thing. And she said, um, so well, why on earth would you ever show the personal side of anything, you know, why don't you just show houses? That's what's people, that's what people are interested in. I said, well, that's interesting because when you're a real estate agent and let's say, you know, you have two jobs, you, one is to attract your, your clients and an audience there, but then you have another side where you want to attract agents, right? And you want to build a team, for example. So I said to her, you know, there's, there's got to be this fine line of there's, you can only show so many houses and, and, and things like that. At some point they need to get to know you and you can only do that by showing exactly what you said, who you authentically are. Um, I would love it if you would rewind a little bit, because I know you are where you are now, but when you were starting, let's say starting out in real estate or even starting out building a team, how did you find that balance between, um, you know, the attraction side of, of agents and joining your team and then the other side of real estate? And then here's what we do. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that it obviously will change a little bit for different people because everyone's focuses shift from time to time. There are some times that we're much more focused on one of those avenues than the other, but it actually serves you really well, especially when it comes to creating content. If you think about that objective first. So I encourage people to think of like, okay, what are my two, in this case, those will be our two buckets, right? We have one bucket that's attracting agents and people who want to, you know, align with us. And then we have this other bucket, which is selling properties, which is helping buyers, sellers, all that kind of stuff. And so when I know that I have these two clear objectives of where I want to place people at the end of the process, Mm -hmm. it makes it easier to reverse engineer like, oh, I should have a pretty even balance of content that speaks to this person and an even balance of content that speaks to this person. And then you can kind of just have a great harmony between the two. I will say this, I always lean a lot heavier and encourage other people to lean heavier into more personal. And that's where, again, I get into that battle with people sometimes, but like at the end of the day, people don't really want to see houses that much at all, unless they're these gorgeous, like show stopping properties. But the reality is most of the time it's not, I'm like seeing somebody's, you know, 2007 property that hasn't been updated. It's got like white appliances. That doesn't really get me excited. In fact, I scroll right past it. And so I think unless you have some kind of breathtaking property, uh, you have to lean heavier into those other pieces, which is your personality, it's education, it's entertainment. 
engagement, it's emotion. It's these other things that can make someone feel something because scrolling through and seeing, you know, vinyl flooring doesn't make me feel a whole lot of anything. (laughs) Well said. I could, we were just talking about that last episode. We were, it's creating an experience and a feel and and diving into a deeper emotional connection. I think that's where it's all at. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, well, Tessa, would you maybe lead us through, you know, we're, I mean, we're here to talk about strategies for 2022. So what would you say are, are some of those? I don't know if you want to say like these are the best five or we don't even have to put a number. But what are you finding just to be um, some of the most relevant and probably um, just things that work? You know, like let's just help some agents out there with what really works these days. Yes. Okay. I love this game and I could tell you a number, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to go over it no matter what. I, I didn't put a number because I just want to get as much as I can. <laughs> I like, okay. Here's five tips. And then we end with like 17. Exactly. So we'll exactly. Some off and you can kind of take what resonates. And I think that's, what's really important here. <laughs> Notebooks. Yeah, ready. Okay, ready to go. Um, <laughs> I love it. I think that's, what's so important is that there's so many different things that work. And the biggest piece is kind of getting out of your own way first. And I I see what works right now at my done for you agency. We've got about 300 and something accounts under management. And that ranges from a small individual agent up to, we have many of the people on HGTV, Bravo, Netflix, all of those real estate super shows. Mm -hmm. We do all of their management as well. So when I'm talking about things that I see work, this is universal. This is not just from like, oh, it works for one person who looks a certain way. I hear that objection a lot. People are like, oh, well, you look this way, or this person looks this way, or they're wearing a suit and tie. And so it's not going to work for me. And it couldn't be more wrong. And I think today in this day and age, it's so funny because we live in this world where there's like TikTok accounts with millions of followers and it's an inanimate object that they put like eyeballs and a personality behind. I'm like, there's a broom with millions of followers that they put like a voice behind it, make it talk. So you don't need to look a certain way or be a certain way. Um, But that brings me into the first one, which is of course, short form video. And I don't think that's any secret But showing up on Reels, TikTok, YouTube Shorts, even Pinterest now is pushing short form video and they're really optimizing those kind of views. And it plays into where we're at in society right now with our attention spans. Like the attention spans are just decreasing, decreasing at such a rapid rate. But I think when you think of short term video, it's not a short form video. It's not just, OK, what can I say in seven to 15 seconds? It's how can I uh, elicit enough of an emotion and pique their interest enough to get them to engage with me longer term? So short form video that drives them into, say, a training or booking a call with you or attending some kind of event uh, when done properly, that can be a massive source of leads and just engagement for people. So I think that's one big piece to piggyback on the short form video is also having fun with it, personality. And when I say that again, I don't mean you got to go learn TikTok dances or do all kinds <laughs> of crazy stuff. It's simply letting your own personality really shine through on those videos because then, and this is you know one of my favorite pieces of feedback when somebody meets me in person, they're like, oh, you are exactly like you are online. And I'm saying that's my goal is I'm able to create this persona that really replicates how I am in real life online. And then next thing you know, we've shortcut that process of getting to know each other and feeling comfortable. Those are some big ones. Uh, Next one I would say is having a series. 
Everybody really likes, whether we think we do or don't, everyone likes to feel conditioned into a behavior. Mm -hmm. And so if we can say that, hey, every single Tuesday we're doing, you know, talks with Tessa and I'm going to post this 15 minute video or this four second video or whatever length and duration you choose, you're training them that it goes out at the exact same time every single week, much like a podcast would, you know, you've scheduled these drops and these launches and things like that because you start to create a buzz around people expecting that. But any creator can do that on even the shortest term. Uh, And that's like, if you have 10 followers, start a series on Mondays, you do, you know, model home Mondays, and you're walking through beautiful properties or whatever it is, you can create all kinds of different series, but sticking to that for like at least 90 days, you'll see a massive buy-in from people that follow you and start to gain some traction. And then as soon as you get it once and you get that traction and you get that first lead from social, it's like a drug. You don't want to ever stop. So it makes it easier to keep going. Would um, you, sorry, would you, um, would you do that every day? Like, would you literally pick every day of the week and create a series or would you do it like every other day? If someone wanted to start this now and they say, you know what? Okay. I'm going to buy into this and I'm going to create a marketing strategy for myself now, which I've never done. Um, what would you suggest that they do? Okay. So this is, I'm so glad you asked that because I live by and I preach the phrase, start from where you are with what you have. And the one thing I see more than anything is people who get excited listening to a social media training or going to a conference. And then they're like, great, I'm going to start posting 17 times a day. Let's do this. I've got it. And then one week goes by and they're burnt out and then they aren't posting for six more months until it happens again. And so what I mean by start from where you are with what you have is if you aren't doing it at all, start with a once a week series. Now that doesn't have to be the only thing you post, but maybe it's just one one day a week. You've got something that's consistently going out. And then that way, over the course of the remainder of the week, you know, everything else sort of just supports that. But as long as you've got that one piece of consistency, then you can continue to build upon it. Um, because I mean, as much as I would love to post multiple times every single day, it's not reality for many people. Mm-hmm. And it's much more important to have the consistency, even if that's lower frequency. So I would say definitely start start with one and build up to it. Right. So do you currently have something that you do every day? You know, I don't. I would say right now I've been leaning really heavily into reels. Yes. Um, it's been wild to see how quickly that can grow. For me, it's been a huge source of organic leads, which has always been one of my favorite things to play around with and test. And so, you know, it's so interesting. If you ever really hone in on what I do on social, I'm always testing something that we're going to roll out soon. So testing different (laughs) strategies that will soon be, you know, rolled out as something that we teach and implement for our clients. Uh, But right now, my goal is just to make as many reels as possible, have fun with it and see what my audience responds to. And I lean really heavy into value. Uh, You'll find that I very rarely am like selling or pitching something to my audience. And because of that, when I do have something to, you know, push them towards or to drop an offer around, my conversion is wildly high because I built so much organic trust with them and added a lot of value. So I do tons of reels, lots of value and building as many connections as possible. And I I really love, and Chrissy and I have talked about this before is I love the fact that you said that you experiment because I think so many people are so scared to experiment. I experiment just to see 
what the reaction's going to be like. Is it positive? Is it negative? Now, if I do this again next week, will I have the same reaction? And it's the only way that you actually learn what really works on social media. And I know when I started doing video, Chrissy and I were, you know, doing video from a few years ago. And that's sort of what it was, was, okay, let me try it like this. Oh yeah, nobody liked that. Okay, now let me try it like this. But so many people, they're, they're so focused on getting it perfect that they just, they either won't even roll it out or they're so scared to roll it out that it takes them another month to do the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I love the phrase success, loves speed. And the one way you slow yourself down is by not taking the action at all. So I'm constantly testing things, constantly throwing things out. And I mean, it also relates back to my favorite content strategy, which is you ask better questions, you get better results. Everybody's constantly telling you, what they want to see. And so I'm regularly polling my audience. I'm asking questions. I'm reading through my comments. I'm DMing with people. When I find somebody on social that I know is like an ideal client for me or a dream person that I want in my audience, I get to know them. I invest in that person and have these really amazing conversations because that's giving me a lot of insight into what kind of content I can create to continue to bring those people in. And for somebody else who's starting, if you don't even get that much feedback yet, or I still use this method, even though I do get a lot of feedback is I'll go to people who I've deemed as my, I don't like necessarily think of them as competitors, but people who have similar uh, channels as I do. So they're trying to speak to a similar audience. I'll go to their accounts and look through their comments. What are people asking them? What are they wanting? And then I create that content. And now I've captured a whole demographic of people that already said and raised their hand, I want this. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking for someone to give it to them. So if you create that solution, it makes not only content creation easy, but it makes really creating and cultivating an audience, you know, something that happens really organically. And then you've got these people that are like ready to engage with you, want to opt into something, they're ready to go. That's so good. It is good. And it's really that simple. Like you said, you just have to get into the know of what's what's trending right now. What is the, what is the pain point of the consumer right now? What do they need to fill their what they, the answers they need right now currently? And you do such a great job at that, by the way. You really do. Thank you. So, I really yeah. try to. <laughs> <laughs> so we have short, short form videos, series, uh, reels. What else would you throw in the mix there? Okay. What else? Another one that I would say is, I mean, I guess to piggyback off of what I just mentioned is like, listen to what people want and then create content around it. Not just social media content, but every time I see that there's something trending. So like lately I've been talking a lot about reels and how powerful they are. I created a reels training that people can opt into. I created a reels PDF that people can download. I've created all of these other resources that really don't take additional work from me because it's stuff I'm already talking about and already doing, but now I've created these like ability to capture people. And so every single time I'm posting something, I have a resource that they can opt into. So I'm constantly building my list, constantly adding to my pipeline and also getting a further gauge on what people really want. It paints such a clear picture for not only what else I can create, but also I can kind of provide that data to other people. So I think going hard on lead magnets and all kinds of, you know, valuable giveaways or things that people can opt into is Mm -hmm. massive. Um, and with that is also text, like text to opt in. You know, a lot of people have always preached email lists, email lists are great, but at the end of the day, uh, 
as we've seen with video, those attention spans are going down, 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 down. And so to read an email is also decreasing. But if I can get in front of somebody in 140 characters on a text message, they're going to be a lot more likely to engage back and forth with me. So um, driving people into text platforms has been really, really huge. And it's also a lot less work. I used to spend days writing copy for emails and whatnot. Now to just write it for a little text is a lot easier. And where would somebody go to find that? resource to start their own. I've seen it on Instagram and stuff, but they'll say text this number. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ones. I personally love a resource called easy texting, like letter E letter Z and then texting. It's super inexpensive. It's extremely user-friendly. Like you sign up and you understand how to use it within a second. I think a lot of the other ones take a little bit more technical skill to kind of figure out all the bells and whistles. So easy texting, you can set it up with the keywords too. So for instance, I could say, Hey, text training to four, seven, four, seven, four, seven, and you can have it automatically sent to them. So it's super easy, especially if you're speaking on stage, instead of saying, Hey, go to this website, Mm -hmm. just say, text this in. You've now verified that you also got their authentic phone number. Like you truly Mm -hmm. have their contact information and you've created a resource that's really easy for them to access. So something like that, of course, we've seen it on, you know, sign writers, you can do it when you're talking with somebody, you can do it at a meeting and even include that on like print marketing or things that are on your social media so that people are just taking that next step to follow up. That's great. That's really good. We're seeing, we're taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. There's so many amazing things you can do on social right now. I think another big piece that I love is just always finding ways to connect and collaborate with other people. Um, I've always preached collaboration over competition, but I think it especially reigns true on social media. It's one of the number one ways that I was able to grow a following was to continue to collaborate with other people, find other creators, uh, find other people in different markets that offer different services that parallel your audience and create content with them, whether it's doing a video or you co-brand something or you do a giveaway together. There's a lot to be said for kind of renting somebody else's audience and authority rather than always having to establish it on your own. Can you walk us through something like that for people who wouldn't even know like where to start to do that? Yeah, of course. So one thing that I love to think about is, okay, what do my strategic alliances look like? Mm -hmm. And we think about this in business a lot. There's always things that we can kind of partner up with. So I'll use the example of a real estate agent. You know, you've got your title, your lender, uh, probably your inspector that you like. You've got all these vendors that you already favor. I think of those as tier one. Those are the obvious close to me people. There's a lot of other tiers that I can make valuable connections with that might also have people that'll parallel connection with me. So example could be a hairstylist. It could be an interior designer. It could be one of my favorite referral partners and vendors and alliances is a wedding planner, because when they're, you know, sitting down, they're really spending a lot of time with somebody and to them, it's a, a value add. Cause they're also looking for how are, how can I stay connected with this couple post wedding? Cause obviously after that, I need to find a new way to kind of engage with them. If that organic handoff happens with now they're ready to start buying a property or investing together or something that gives the you know wedding planner the opportunity to still keep their hands in the mix and then to have that handoff. So I think it's important to make a running list and identify what some of those other people could be and then find a fun way to collaborate. If it's, let's say, a photographer, you guys could offer a cute giveaway package about having a 
uh, photo shoot in your new house. It's your first, you know, first time buyer photo shoot. You kind of sponsor it and you put together a whole little book together. So that can be really cute or local restaurants. I have one client of mine who we helped her kind of develop this concept for a local restaurant where it says that she sponsors dessert. So if somebody's there having dinner and they text into this number, she'll send back. And it's of course automated a coupon for like a free ice cream or something like that at the restaurant. So now she's capturing leads from it. People attending the restaurant are getting, you know, a free dessert and they're getting a way to connect with other people and the restaurant's benefiting because there's driving more traffic. So whenever you can find win, win, wins, I'm able to leverage that, not just for content and growth on social, but also to, you know, expand my network and get connected with people I want to really drive connection with. I love that. Yeah, that's so, that's it's so good. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to call you after this. We're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's I know. Great. And then once you kind of get that concept down, you're like, wow, the sky's really the limit. I could do this with, you know, so many people and it gets really fun for me. That's where so much of the fun comes in uh, is finding creative ways to not only get immersed in the community, but mm-hmm. also to better serve people around me. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Really, that's really good. Way to connect. Yeah. Um, what if we talk about platforms for a minute? So what do you find? Um, I know everyone kind of has preferences and, oh, I like Facebook or I like Instagram or I like LinkedIn. How have you decided which platform works best? Is it just by the results that you're seeing, or do you just feel more comfortable on one more than the other? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm not one to say that one's better than the other, because I've seen people have success on truly every platform. I have people that do it, like have an amazing thing going on Snapchat even. And I couldn't imagine trying to, you know, show up on a platform like that, but it's, it's true. So I would say it's determined by a couple of things. Number one being what type of people am I trying to get in front of? Uh, you know, so for sometimes LinkedIn is a really powerful platform because I can get in front of more business-minded people. I can connect with people at certain, you know, peaks of their career or points in different markets. I personally prefer Instagram. I think Instagram is extremely powerful and it's still relatively untapped as far as what you can do with that platform. I think it's kind of going to be the, the beast of social media for a long time coming. Mm-hmm. In, uh, I would say TikTok is a fun way to get fast traction, but it's one of the harder platforms to transfer that traffic off. So you'll see a lot of people that do a great job of, of really blowing up on TikTok. They get, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers and then you, you know, have a conversation with them and they have yet to be able to convert any of that into, you know, something monetary or they can't bring those followers onto Instagram or they can't get them onto a list because it's a lot more challenging on a platform like that. So um, I think for people who are trying to build and be effective, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn tend to be my favorite platforms. Interesting. And do you post the same content on Instagram and Facebook? Like when you do an Instagram reel, will you do the Facebook reel as well? Yes. So most of the time it's going to be the same content. I'm big about time. Like I love to maximize my time. I love to repurpose things. I also have this theory that you can repost, reshare, repurpose, recycle things 15 times before anybody notices. And in fact, it helps you because it's now solidifying your story. It's solidifying that information. It really starts to stick in their mind. So I do use most of the same content 
every now and then I'll make small tweaks just because I know something, for example, uh, you know, a longer post on LinkedIn, longer written post with links that performs because it's still optimized to have outside links. But if I were to post something like that on my Facebook, Mm -hmm. it's going to be completely suppressed because they hate when you post links, they don't want anybody going off of Facebook. So I'll make slight tweaks just to make sure it's optimized, um, for the platform, but it is relatively all the same kind of content. With Instagram, do you find that guiding them in a message to a DM is better than link in bio? Or do you think it I mean it's it's still effective both ways? I would say it is effective both ways. I prefer, like lately I've done this method and it works well because then I'm really growing the comments on something as well. But like I'll do a post and then instead of just saying, hey, the link for this is in my bio, I say comment below if you want a free invite or if you want access to it. Now they comment and then I can engage them in a direct message. And I find that's a, a lot more effective and B, then I've got, you know, a couple hundred comments of people like raising their hand and really saying they want it. And I can go follow up with them when they're just clicking the link in my bio, unless on my actual site or something, I have tracking set up, set up, then I don't really know who that is. So I can never go follow up and say, Hey, I saw that you were interested in this. So I prefer getting them to, you know, actually engage. But again, I'm always testing that too, because some people don't like you to know that they're the one that wants to see it. (laughs) There's always that piece too. That does happen a lot. I get a lot of people, if I post something, they'll DM me and talk about the post I just posted rather than just just comment. Let's have a conversation. But you're right. People do get a little weird about that. I know it is always so funny to see that. I always say, you know, people, as much as we don't like to admit it, we're sort of like sheep. And it's the same thing with, uh, you know, on your posts, if nobody's commented yet, there's going to be no one that comments. And then once that first person does, then everyone is showing up and making comments. It's like, everyone's waiting for the first person to kind of, you know, say it's okay. So it's funny that we train that behavior a bit. Yeah. I have found that over the years where I'll, I'll, I'll notice it that, or, or someone will comment, no one else will comment. But if I go back and reply to that first comment, then other people, cause then they might want me to reply to them. And yeah. it's this uh, pattern that will go on. Yeah. It's so funny, but it's, it's always a testing game. And, you know, also the platform's constantly changing, constantly evolving. So uh, I think it's important to pay attention to what works for you in your profile and your goals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as far as hashtags go, we brought this up last episode. I was mentioning maybe like have some big hashtags and also like niche hashtags as well. So you're able to get seen because if you're going super broad, then it's really hard to get seen. Do you do the same method when, in, when you're posting? Yeah, I would definitely say that's a great piece of advice is some of those larger reach ones, some that are a bit more niche and specific to your post itself. The one thing I'll say is like hashtags used to be the holy grail. You could build everything through hashtags. It was amazing. They still do definitely help with getting additional reach and exposure, but I I've found that it can also be something we get bogged down in for maybe, you know, 50 extra impressions. So I always include some on the post just for the sake of casting that net, but it definitely doesn't have the effectiveness as it once had. But yeah, that's great kind of general rule of thumb is some more generic ones. I always love some uh, geographically focused ones. I like some that are specific to a certain kind of demographic. So if I'm trying to reach real estate agents, I've got, you know, Miami realtor, Los Angeles realtor, Texas realtor, all those kind of ones in there to reach who I'm trying to get in front of. And 
to ask about that. That's funny you brought that up. I did some research on you. I mean, I've known you for I've, I've just been you stalking you. <laughs> I've known Tessa for seven years and I've, you know, followed her, you know, daily, but um, I didn't know that you actually joined EXP a couple of years ago. Is that true? Yeah. So I've worked show. with Tarek El Musa for years. Right. Like mm-hmm. I've done all, I've helped build out his course. I was on, you know, doing a lot of stuff with him for social media, all kinds of things. And so when he first aligned with EXP, I've been a part of that. Gotcha. So you still are with EXP right now? I am. Yeah. I'm not very, you know, I don't really do much active selling really at all. I pretty much refer everything, but I am currently an active agent at EXP. Yeah. So then could you give us some tips on agent attraction? That would be something that I think would be very beneficial. Yeah, of course. Oh my gosh. I get this one a lot. I, in my coaching program too, I've got so many agents who are part of EXP and it's really cool to see how everybody kind of takes it and runs with it in a different direction. But um, I think a big thing about agent attraction is of course, depending on how engaged you plan on being with them, you know, you're attracting them based off of your vibe and what you preach and practice as well. And so we've got some people who really heavily push, you know, making dials and cold calling and some who are hardcore against it. So I think it's important to be okay, polarizing your audience a little with mm-hmm. standing for what you stand for. Cause then you're going to really build a, a solid group of people who long-term want to stay aligned with you, want to be mm-hmm. with you. Um, so I think that piece is important to note, but I always lean again on the value. So um, whenever you can use somebody, leverage somebody else as access, because we all have our own different Rolodex, right? We all have our own access to people. If we can create an opportunity for somebody to gain access to someone they otherwise wouldn't have um, by aligning with you, that can be really powerful. So I've worked with agents in the past where I'll put on a social media workshop and they use it as an attraction tool for people that they're trying to bring on and say, hey, if you you know come and align with me, join my organization, you'll get access to trainings like this. And now we've created this really great opportunity for people not only to learn, but then gain access to somebody who's an expert in something that they're looking for. So I think that piece is really big, leaning heavy into the value. And then the other one is getting clear on what those desires look like um, for agents. I know a lot of people, it's a lonely industry. Like you're, you know, you're kind of a lone ranger out there. And then for many, that's a concern of theirs having a cloud-based brokerage. I don't have somebody I can go and hang out with and, you know, connect with unless of course in their area, there's, you know, something more localized. And so I think going heavy on value and culture, what kind of culture can I create and cultivate digitally that makes you feel like you belong and you're a part of something because people love to associate with something that makes them feel good, seen, heard, welcomed. So creating that can be done really well. And that can be done by, you know, shouting out other agents in your organization, really putting them on a pedestal. Uh, If you have opportunities to be around people in person, showing that off, I think those pieces are huge for attracting new agents in. Great info. I love everything you just said. It's so good because you literally covered every point that's really, really important. And I think that 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 culture and the relationship part, I think people don't ever put enough emphasis on that. You know, they keep talking about the production and the strategies and which is all really good. But if you're not aligned with the people who or, or the people who want to join you, they're not aligned with you. They'll never see down the same road as you anyways. Right. Or they'll never buy into, you know, using these strategies, for example, um, 
I'm, I'm, you're totally going to be getting a DM from me because this idea of like <laughs> workshop and I'm like, it's yeah. brilliant really because, but if they don't buy into that, the fact that social media will help their business, then that's a relationship that's never really going to work very well. Right. Because you're just not aligned with what you believe does work. And I know that so many things work in creating success, but I feel like, you know, if you're going to be a part of someone's team or organization, there needs to be some kind of similarities and mindset, or at least they have the, um, the notion that they want to be coachable or they want to learn, or they have a curiosity, you know, so many people, they, they just, they do it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And then they wonder why they're not being successful. And we see this all the time in real estate, right? Where people get their real estate license and I'm going to sell all these houses. And and then they start doing it. And then they're like, oh my God, this is hard, right? You know, in in finding clients and so on. So I, I loved everything you said. It's just so bang on. I love that. Yeah. I think it's really true. As long as we can make sure we're attracting in the right people that align with us, that's where there's longevity. I mean, of course you could probably tweak that and have a great front load of people coming in, but long-term they're going to jump ship before they even really set sail with you. I think it's a lot more important to build sustainably and long-term. And that happens when you've got the right people around you and you know, you've really provided resources that they're truly looking for. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And how do you, I'm curious, how do you handle it all? I mean, you have six companies right now that you're working on. And I mean, do you have a pretty big team now? Or are you still small and mighty? Um, I would say we're still pretty small and mighty. I've got six people locally who are all like absolute rock stars, just completely crush it. They're all like extensions of my brain, which is so helpful. Um, I definitely highly believe in like outsource, automate, delegate, eliminate as much as possible. I have a ton of routines and kind of like filters I run things through of who handles it. Is it important? I'm super strict on my boundaries. Like it's funny because I do have all this stuff going on. And even when I sit and think about it, sometimes I'm like, holy moly, we've got a lot going on here. But um, I always find time for people who are important. I love to go play golf. I love to take vacations. I like to do that kind of stuff. And those times are really sacred to me. And so I literally build my schedule around joy and around relaxation. And that's the first thing that always gets scheduled into my calendar for the month. And then everything else filters in beyond that. And every time I feel a point of stress or overwhelm, it's it's a sign to me and it's a teacher that it's time to bring somebody else on or it's time to eliminate something or delegate it out to other people. So I definitely am massive about productivity and efficiency and how I can really maximize that um, in order to have that quality of life. Cause there were many years where I had it all twisted and I thought I just had to earn the money and then the other stuff would feel good and work out. And Lord knows that did not quite work out. And I got that lesson pretty, pretty hard. So now I'm very strict on staying in, you know, what keeps me operating at a high level. And it's just a good testament to show that you can do it all. You can have it all. You can do it all. It's just like you said, establishing those boundaries is the most important thing. So I love that. 
so believe that. I think you can truly do absolutely anything. And I also have a theory that, you know, if we can fix our productivity, you can accomplish a whole lot more. I'm pretty convinced. And I always joke about it, but truly if somebody shadows me for a day or spends a day with me, they're like, holy moly, you got pretty much a week or two weeks worth of stuff done in one day in a period of, you know, six hours. And it's, I just have massive efficiency, but you can do anything and everything. It's all about having those systems in place. You're so right. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people kid themselves about that. They're so busy all the time, but you're not productive. You may be busy, but what did you actually get done? You know, I, I know myself, I, I start with my list every day and that list needs to be checked off by the end of the day. I know that I've done everything I was supposed to do, but it's amazing. You know, um, I, I coach real estate agents as well. And what I find is I, 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 the face, their, their faces. It's, it's always interesting when I say, if I were to ask you to write down what you did every half hour of today, what would be there? And their faces just kind of drop and be like, don't ask me that. Right. <laughs> or, you know, I would say if you had a nine to five job, so if you were not selling real estate, but if you actually had a nine to five job, would they have fired you by now? <laughs> because you were not productive between nine and five. Now, no one's to say, you know, that that's what it is, but did you actually work a certain number of hours today or was it just kind of here or there all over the place? Yeah, no, it's so, so true. Having awareness of that changes everything. And a lot of agents struggle to do, I mean, anybody, a lot of people struggle to do that as just having awareness around how we're spending that time. Yeah, Absolutely. So for people, we have a lot of real estate uh, people that do watch and listen to the show. So your lead flow agent, I love the done for you digital marketing solutions. What does that look like? I mean, cause it's such a, to me, it's such a nominal fee to have somebody really come on board and help you with that. Yeah. Yeah. So we created that solution. I mean, really for two reasons, because I hear it all the time from people. It's either, I don't have the time to do it because social media truly is like a full-time job if you're going all in on it or they struggle with what to post and who's going to really connect and engage with it. So the done for you solution, I like to say it's kind of a hybrid of done for you slash done with you. Cause I have some clients who want to be involved in the process. They want to learn, they want to kind of have their hands in the mix of having some creative control on stuff. And then I've also got a ton of clients that say, I want to set it and forget it. I want, like, I literally had one the other day who said, I want to be able to log back in on my socials like two years from now. And it's been happening the whole time, but I didn't have to even look at it. So we've got, that. Yeah, we've got everyone in between and uh, our goal is to be an extension of them and really help to capture their uh, voice and replicate that on social media. And it's definitely not an easy feat, but I think no. that it's, definitely something that you can have support in and it'll free up such massive amounts of your time, energy, and creativity to really do the other things that move the needle in your life and in your business. And so that's really the goal of what we try to do is, you know, create that extension of you. So we're working behind the scenes. We're like the little elves that keep the, you know, wheels on the bus when you're busy doing other things. That's so good. And what a great idea, like to come up with that, because uh, we all know that most people will actually not do social media, then actually have to try and figure out what to post. What do I say? When do I do it? And all of the rules that keep changing. So I think there are so many people listening to this and watching this who would take advantage of, of something like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a great solution. And we try to make it, you know, as affordable as possible and nice and easy. And I've always said this, I don't believe in contracts other than real estate contracts. Uh, I just believe in commitments. And so I always like let people come and try it out. And it's a great way to see if it's going to be the right fit for kind of where they're at, where they're growing to. Yeah. And on that note, they can, listeners can go to at Tessa Bella on Instagram or Facebook, right? Yes. And send her a message so you can get some great resources on how she can help you grow your business. And it's not just real estate, right? Like you also work with local businesses and brand brand. And all yeah. That. Real estate's always been my bread and butter. It's like my one true love, but we have lots of different people across many industries. So happy to help in any way. And I'll say that, uh, like the best place to connect with me is on my Instagram. Uh, it's always me in there. So I have outsourced a lot of other things, but that's one piece that I hold very near and dear to my heart is connecting and conversating with people there. So it's the best place to connect with me. That's amazing. Wow. This has been so like, I'm sitting here listening to you in my mind. It's like, oh my gosh, there's like so many great, great nuggets that you have given everyone today. And I think it's the, the this sort of the gamut of anyone who's a beginner to all the way, if there's experienced, you've really sparked, I think a lot of people to think, to rethink even the way they've been doing it or the way to, to keep moving forward, which is why we brought on the best person for this job today, because I think that what we've spoken about today is really relevant for 2022 and going forward. And we're not saying to everyone, you know, you have to learn reels or you have to do this. You have created companies where you are taking the burden off of people who really do not want to get into this, but they can still be present on social media. Exactly. Yeah. That's really the goal. I I so appreciate you guys having me on here today. I could talk for decades longer about all the things on social media and real estate, all kinds of stuff. So we'll be connecting with you again, (laughs) offline for sure. And we're going to, we're going to figure something out that we can do. I think uh, it should be good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It It's so good seeing you again. Yes. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much.